This is Beat'em Down from Cult 45, the movie podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 366 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. I love your accent. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Mark Markellis Reagan. Num num. <laughs> you are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we got a little bit of news to discuss. And then we've got a special interview from Markellis. Markellis, what is this interview all about? Uh, it's from one of the directors of one of the tracks at DragonCon. Uh, if you go to DragonCon, there's different tracks. There's an animation track, horror track, film track. Beth Giles runs what's called the Silk Road track, uh, which is a lot of uh, a lot of things about Asian cinema and Asian culture. And she's putting together a little um, little promotion that she's going to talk about for uh, all of the DragonCon attendees. Awesome. Sounds pretty exciting. And then we've got our review of The Suicide Squad, the newest movie from the DCEU. So buckle up, boys and girls. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But before we get into all of that, how the hell is everyone doing this week? Marcellus Reagans, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I had a, a fun experience at the movies this week, not with Suicide Squad. I went to go see Blackpink, the movie. Because anytime a K-pop movie appears, I have to, uh, I got to go and support it. And the thing about these these uh, special event movies is that they don't, you know, they only play like uh, a couple of showings. And usually if they're international, there's subtitles. The first 20 minutes of this movie, there was no subtitles. So I was pissed. But I couldn't get I, up I and leave. didn't even know what was happening in this movie. I didn't. The whole first 20 minutes, I had no idea what was happening. And this happened uh, when I went to go see uh, Attack on Titan. No subtitles at all. So I didn't even watch. I didn't even get a chance to watch the movie. And it was a special event. So it wasn't like I can just catch the next show or come back the next week. That was the last time it was playing. So so when it happened this time, I went to the front desk. I'm like, yo, I missed the first 20 minutes of Blackpink. And, uh, you know, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, they were nice. They were cool about it. You know, I, I wore my Blackpink T-shirt. I had my light stick. I was all set to enjoy this movie. <laughs> and the cinemas got me. Trying to work in some kind of blacked.com joke here, but I, I got nothing. I'm trying. Good. Try, trying to find an end here and in here, but I can't. <laughs> Did you at least like the movie? Were you happy with everything pink and black about it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely a hodgepodge of uh it was just footage of their they did a live stream concert a little while ago. Uh they went on tour last or a couple of years ago. Uh, it was footage from that and then just kind of like uh some behind the scenes like little Little mini stories about each of them, uh, which I missed the first the first two um, singers, but uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. You know, it's it's it was just for the fans. Nothing that I would recommend for anyone who's not a Blackpink fan. But uh, yeah, I had a good time, and the theater was packed, which is always nice to see. 
That's great in the height of Delta variant. <laughs> I mean, for Blackpink fans. <laughs> <laughs> and for fans of super spreader events, it was great. <laughs> Aubrey, what's going on? Absolutely nothing. I haven't done anything nearly as cool. Did you do anything at all? Not everyone can be as cool as Markellis. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't do much this week. Well, that's uh, disappointing. <laughs> yeah. You have to do a lot of stuff and make up for it for next week, all right? I'll try. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, as for me, my friends, I, I did not do really a goddamn thing. Um, I got my second uh, injection of the uh, Mark of the Beast. I got the... Uh, Second shot of my COVID vaccine, so I'm I'm pumped full of uh, Amazon.com nanobots right now, and I'm uh, ready to rock and roll. I didn't really do anything. I just got sick for one day, and then uh, I was right back to work. So that was about the excitement of it all. That's that's that was all I did all week was just work and be sick from uh, getting the second COVID shot. Well, I feel like if we can get Joey to get the shot, then there's hope for everyone. <laughs> There's no, I, there's I, no excuse for anyone else. I'll be real with you. I wasn't going to get it. Oh, I know. Um, I, I know. <laughs> I'm not like trying to, I mean, I'm making jokes obviously, but I'm not like, like some like fucking like crazy person here that really does think it's full of like uh nanobots or some shit, but like, just cause it's like, it's not tested, you know, like I've been, I got a polio vaccine when I was a kid, but they had like 40 years. Of other people took it first <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be safe, you know? Um, but then like my mother-in-law and my wife started busting my fucking balls about it as well as they should. And I'm like, God damn it. Like my mother-in-law is texting me like, Oh, uh, you didn't get a vaccine yet. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like trying not to like start argument. Obviously I'm like, ah, I'll get it eventually. You know, <laughs> I just haven't had a lot of time. And then she's like, well, you had plenty of time to go to the movies a whole bunch of times in the last mm. few weeks. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. I'm like, fuck. So then I, I messaged my wife. I'm like, why is, your mom like busting my balls about COVID vaccine. She's like, I don't know. It's Cause you could go fucking get it. Damn it. That's right. <laughs> so I, I went and, and signed up. I just went after work and got it a couple times. And now we're good. But I was telling Jen, I'm like, so when I get, when I die and I get to the gates of heaven, like, like, can I like talk to Jesus and be like, Hey, you know, I got the mark of the beast. Um, I'm sorry, but like my mother-in-law was really busting my balls. <laughs> Is Jesus chill enough to be like, oh, mother-in-law's, I got it. You can still come in. You know, it's cool. I got you. It's cool. <laughs> is he that chill a guy to let me in still? I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say I yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I'm, I'm also going to say yeah. I hope that's on record. I'm just speaking out in the universe. Mm-hmm. Jesus is really cool, dude. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did it, dude, because no one was crying more about conventions being back than you. <laughs> and the, the thing that we need for conventions to come back is for people to get their shots. So yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, New York auto show just canceled, um, which is the first domino <laughs> of other things maybe canceling this fall. So I don't know. Maybe that's uh that's a bad sign. Bad, bad mojo from getting the shot. I don't know. No, we'll no, see. no, no, no. People like you are getting the shot now, man. So we're going to turn it around. You're part of, the, you're part of that new way. My mother-in-law to start texting people, busting their balls <laughs> and then, uh, everybody will get it. <laughs> but Enough about us. Uh, let's talk about us. Markellas, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find more Soul Wizard Podcast? All right. So everybody can go over to SoulWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. Uh, you'll also find some movie reviews from yours truly. 
Uh, you will find some recommendations on new movies, books, and TV shows from the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. We have a tea public store where you can shop to get some t-shirts, sweatshirts, journals, coffee mugs, baby onesies, all types of things with the So Wizard Podcast logo and designs all over it. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, so definitely get at us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find our show wherever podcasts are found, including Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, my personal favorite, Spotify. We have a YouTube page with videos going up constantly from Adam Mollyhawk, including movie reviews, trailers, uh, trailer reactions, and interviews. Uh, we have a Patreon page where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month, and you will be receiving bonus content and exclusive content from everyone here at the show. Shout out to all of our podcasting family in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. Magnus, how do they work? Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy that's the new sound drop. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, Marcellus, you tell us we have some news to discuss, so let's do it. Let's drop that drop and let's talk that news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right. So this week in nerdy news, uh, we just a little bit of uh, local news that I wanted to bring up again. Uh, definitely check out our YouTube page. Uh, Mr. Adam Wallyhawk has an interview with Tracy Birdsaw, who's an actress on a new show that's on Netflix. Uh, I think you should leave. Uh, so he sits down with her, has a really cool interview. So definitely check that out on a YouTube page. And also, I want to wish Adam Wallyhawk happy birthday. It's his birthday this week. He's the uh-huh. uh, Wizard of Oz to our uh, Scarecrow and Tin Man and uh, Cowardly Lion here. He puts up with us. He deserves the world. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So uh, in big Hollywood movie news, after long, long, long time, we finally have a trailer for uh, the new TV show, Why the Last Man. This is based on a popular comic book from back in the day that they've been threatening to make a movie out of for years. It's finally, finally happening. Live action on FX. A weekly TV show, Why the Last Man. We finally got some footage. So what did you guys think of the trailer for Why the Last Man? Let's go with our comic book expert, Joey. Oh, okay. Um, so I love this book. I, I don't know. Have you guys, either of you guys read this? No. No, I waited for the movie. <laughs> Starring uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf and uh, directed by DJ Caruso. Oh, God. That's, yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, it's great. I read the whole thing. I think after it came out, I, I didn't read it like individual issues. I started buying the trades maybe like a couple years after it ended because I kept hearing like a lot of hype about it. And I just banged it out in like probably like three months. Like I loved it. It's really good. Um, and the whole time I was reading it, I was like, this would make a great TV show. This would make a great movie. And it's been something that's been percolating for what, like at least as long as we've been doing this podcast, uh, maybe longer. So, I am very excited about this trailer. Everything looks good. Everything looks right. Um, it has a weird feel to it, though, I will say, because the book is a lot goofier 
Yeah. Not goofy, like not um we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad. So not like that style of uh, goofiness, but it's not serious. Like this looks a lot more serious than the book is in the book is still serious. I can't really kind of describe what I'm saying without spoiling things. So I'm trying to like dance around things right now. Mm-hmm. It's not as crazy, serious, like ultra depressing, awful post-apocalyptic as the trailer makes it look, but it's not like it's also a comedy or anything. It's just, it, there's a lot of like fantastical things going on also that I'm trying to like dance around these spoilers, man. <laughs> like it, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. And it's, it's interesting and it's really good. Uh, this looks really good. Um, it looks really based on like almost just the first few issues, like the first maybe trade only. Uh, I don't know how deep or far they're going to go. I'm hoping they get enough seasons to do the whole story. Of course, you never know these days. Thankfully, it's not on Netflix, so it won't get canceled after one season. <laughs> wow, we get five seasons of Warrior Nun or some shit. But like, uh, I'm excited. Everything I see in this trailer looks good. It looks uh, right out of the books, ready to rock and roll. Let's go. Finally, cannot believe this is happening. Can't believe it's real. Seriously, I can't believe we've actually made it to this point. Aubrey, what about you? I know you said you didn't read the book, but what did you think of the trailer? This is totally false uh, (laughs) because women would not be so destroyed by men disappearing. (laughs) It'd just be more of a party in the streets. Everyone having a good time. We do everything ourselves anyway. Because you won't be happy to get any of this D, you know. <laughs> Jen would be very happy. I say yes, seriously. <laughs> I'd right. be like that meme, just be like, all men have disappeared. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Carry on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> all right. So, Aubrey, as a TV show, not as a uh, uh, this, what would ha- what would really happen if men disappeared? But as a TV show, how did it look to you? It kind of looks like a drama, so I'm not sure how that's going to translate into this goofy thing that Joey is talking about. It's not super goofy. It's just not as deadly serious as the trailer makes it out to be. Yeah, the trailer makes it look like super serious. Super serial. So, I don't know. We'll see. It really doesn't look like my cup of tea, but we'll see. All right. All right. I don't think they have a release date for it yet. Uh, I am a big Brian K. Vaughn fan uh, from Runaways. Uh, so I really love that book. Uh, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't want to read this book. Cause I, you know, like I said, I was just going to wait for the movie. I just want the whole thing, uh, just kind of given to me all in one big, one big plate. But, you know, being a big fan of his writing, I'm hoping that the story is going to impress me. Uh, Mark, come on, read it. What are you doing? I'm not, there's, there's so many adaptations these days. I don't have to read them, read as much as I need to anymore. I just wait. You don't have to be a sucker using your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if the storytellers want to try to condense, uh, make an adaptation and condense a big story into like you know a TV show or a movie, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and see if they can impress me. If the if the movie or TV show is really good, it's going to make me want to go back and get the comic books. Um, and so that's that's my that's kind of my barometer. For ones that I haven't read. So yeah, I'll watch like the first few episodes. And if I'm, you know, super impressed, I want to know more. I'll definitely pick up the books. And if this is good, I mean, the way that Hollywood works, if the show, uh, you know, does pretty well, then we'll probably get that saga movie or TV show that they're also threatening to make. They'd have to finish writing the book for. Oh, let's see. That's still going on. Oh, damn. It's on a three year hiatus right now. <laughs> well, 
maybe they'll pull a, a, a Game of Thrones and just surpass it. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> what a great track record. <laughs> All right. Okay. So then in other news, uh, do you guys remember the 2012 low budget kind of comic book movie called Chronicle? Yes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Start uh, Dane DeHaan and uh, my boy Michael B. Jordan uh, about these teens that found a meteor that gave them superpowers. And it was done as a, uh, a found footage film following that, that popular trope from 12 years ago. Are you talking about Fantastic Four? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can I can see where you would think that, but no, <laughs> that's not quite it. Fan four stick. <laughs> so the uh, producer of Chronicle uh, said that they are working on a part two. Uh, this one will take place ten years later, uh, and this one will have a uh, the main characters will be all women who are uh, recently graduated from college. So I uh, just wanted to get you guys' opinions on what you – how do you feel about Chronicle 2? Because I, I remember the first one being really good, but uh, <laughs> 12 years is a, it's kind of a long time. And things that were cool 12 years ago, like uh, Josh Trank and Max Landis and found footage films. Uh, Michael B. Jordan <laughs> leaving his shirt on. <laughs> yeah, some things just changed. Some things are just different now. Uh, but I do like the idea of a low-budget uh, comic book movie. You know, from the producers of Chronicle. So I think that might be cool. But what did you guys think of this? Um, let's go back to Aubrey. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I cared so much about the first one. <laughs> but this one will have... Seeing a second one uh, would, like, make my life come true. This one will have all female leads to be, like, the Powerpuff Girls, but serious. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Powerpuff Girls, but serious with uh, Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, you're right. That's a really bad example. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to scrap that idea. <laughs> This would be like Charlie's Angels, but with superpowers. Meh. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I have no idea what it's going to be like. Charlie's Angels without Drew Barrymore's big-ass titties. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, Joey, what about you, man? How do you feel about Chronicle 2, Electric Boogaloo? Oh, Christ. Um, God, it, it's so long. It feels like one of those bad Redbox sequels to stuff. <laughs> like Skyline. Yeah, it's like uh, Scorpion King 7 starring Lou Ferrigno and three guys from UFC. Yeah. (laughs) I got excited when you said uh, Fantastic Four, Aubrey. I thought maybe we get a sequel to Fan4Stick where uh, Kate Mara's bad reshoots wig had taken on sentience or something. But um, terrible uh, movie there. I, I mean, Josh Trank obviously not involved. It feels like somebody has the rights to the name and is like, why the hell haven't we done anything with this? And now they're just going to be like shit out like 15 sequels to it. Like uh, you like there's did you know there's like 20 sequels like Universal Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. The fourth one, uh, either the fourth one or the fifth one. One of those is really good. Like surprisingly oh. good. Yeah. You only got to sit through three other movies <laughs> to get there. But I, I, I can't really even pretend to be excited. I don't even remember what what the first movie was about at this point. I mean, I remember it. I remember seeing it. I remember liking it, but mm-hmm. I barely remember it. Yeah. I, I was trying to remember what happened at the end of it. That would make me want to be excited for the sequel. And I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember how it ends. I'm pretty sure Michael B. Jordan dies. So right there, my interest is kind of like low, but yeah, you know, it's a slow, slow news week. And this seemed very interesting. It just seemed odd to make a sequel to a movie that technically you just couldn't make now. Like no one would want now. No one would touch right. with a 10-foot pole right now. This is the, I can see the, the sequel, already, the trailer already. Uh, Creed starts playing, and it's like, this generation's craft the legacy. <laughs> That's what, 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking of too, man. Like they they kind of did this with the craft. They should just try to follow what the craft legacy did and just go in the other direction. Don't do anything that they did. Do something better. They should do the opposite of the craft legacy and just not exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the news for this week. All right, so now we're going to kick it over to our interview. Check it out. All right, WizKids, Marky Mark here, So Wizard Podcast. Uh, So we have a a special interview today. We're going to be talking to Beth Giles. Uh, She's the director of one of the tracks at DragonCon. Um, if you listen to the show before, you know that DragonCon is one of my favorite conventions that I go to. It's one that I always have fun with. Um, I, I don't really do a lot of reporting from there because I'm usually pretty drunk through most of it. But uh, if you are going to be going to DragonCon this year, definitely wanted to spread a little information for you. So again, we have Beth Giles. Beth, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I am doing really good. I'm doing really good. So, uh, Beth, tell the listeners a little bit about the track that you run at DragonCon. Okay, so I'm the director of the Silk Road track, and that covers everything from the ancient Silk Road through to modern times, from the Mediterranean down to the Indian Ocean, and all the way out to the Pacific. So it's a lot of culture. It's a lot (laughs) of music. It's a lot of food. It's a lot of textiles. It's a lot of architecture. We do origami, uh, kimonos, belly dance, Godzilla. Yeah, if it's if it's Asian live cinema or culture, it falls into the Silk Road. Yes, yes. And my uh, discovery of Silk Road uh, kind of changed my life a few years ago because, uh, as everyone uh, may know, I'm a huge K-pop fan. And I go to <laughs> Dragon Con for, you know, my typical Star Wars Avatar The Last Airbender, obviously Firefly, that's my jam. Uh, But when I discovered that there was K-pop represented at Dragon Con, I made a beeline right to that. So uh, the Silk Road uh, track has been part of my schedule uh, for years now. Fantastic. So so Beth, talk a little bit about uh, the promotion that you're doing or the the event that you have coming up uh, at Dragon Con that you want to talk about um, on the show. For the record, we will have a K-pop dance class, and it will be followed by a K-pop dance party again this year. As long as we have an in-person convention, as we are scheduled right now, Mm -hmm. that is going to happen. So (laughs) be prepared for that. And as we have in the past, we will do um, charity donations for uh, glow stick and blinky thing sales at the K-pop party. But the biggest thing we have going this year is I'm going to run a silent auction to benefit the Dragon Con charity, which this year is Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I love Big Brothers Big Sisters. That's how I got started in martial arts. They offered free judo classes. And I'm like, I want to take classes. (laughs) I gathered up a bunch of guys from school because I couldn't find any gals to go with me. And I dragged them to the gym and we set up class and we took classes and it was fantastic. It was all supported by Big Brothers Big Sisters. So I wouldn't have started martial arts 25 years ago if it hadn't been for the program. So I'm really excited to do something to benefit them. And the big deal is we're doing a Godzilla stomp, which means I'm building a cardboard city 
and the highest bidder, once their donation clears, will be able to stomp this city into the ground in front of a live audience at the end of the Silk Road Performance Exposition, which is a talent showcase that happens usually on Sundays. Mm -hmm. It is currently scheduled for Sunday at 7 p.m., you know how the schedule is with Dragon Con. It's always tentative until you're sitting in the room and it's happening. <laughs> True. So always check the app for updates because it could change up until the moment before and then it could switch ballrooms or something ridiculous. So pay attention to the app once it's updated and it'll keep updating. The Daily Dragon Twitter feed is an excellent source for daily updates because if it's on the fly, it might not hit the app in time. But it will hit the Daily Dragon post. Mm -hmm. So the main prize uh, of the silent auction is going to be the Godzilla Stomp. Uh, what are some of the other prizes? Okay, so we have uh, we have a friend of mine uh, that I've met through workshops at MomoCon. Um, that's our sister convention here in Atlanta, and uh, he does hand painted miniatures. So he found a Funko Godzilla game that has classic kaiju and the molds are fantastic, but they're not painted out. They're all solid color. So he's going to base them and hand paint them to be more movie realistic. Ooh. And there are four classic kaiju included in the game. And so that'll be the second thing that we have. And then the third he has a three and a half, I think, inch tall. It's right about three and a half inches tall. Um, Reaper Kaiju miniature that he is also going to hand paint to be more movie realistic. So I'm really excited about the silent auction. <laughs> but again, for the, the record, the silent auction is in person only because I do not have the ability to ship prizes mm. and you have to be there to squish the city. Yes. Yes. Now, okay. <laughs> the the city that's going to get smashed, are we talking mm -hmm. about two buildings, five buildings, maybe more? Will there be lights and music to accompany this uh, awesome event? I am hoping to have something amazing going on the projector with sound. Yeah. I'm <laughs> expecting a lit Tokyo Tower. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> and I have two mattress boxes large enough for me to fit inside comfortably that will be amazing to watch go down. One of them might end up being Tokyo Station. Oh, nice. So that's that's the dream. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I cannot wait to support the silent auction. I uh, hopefully get one of those prizes, uh, even if it is maybe smashing uh, a city. That could be kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, but right now, um, I'm I'm not putting out the full rules online because there will be questions and all of that. It's a lot easier to explain in person. And since you have to come bid in person, there will be a clipboard in my track room and at every panel that, you know, sometimes we move around to workshop spaces or ballrooms. But at every panel for the Silk Road track, we will have a sign up sheet for the silent auction. And bidders will be assigned uh, an anonymous bidder number so that it's a fairly anonymous piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And it's just your bidder number and your bid. And we'll have all the contact information in our possession um, so that we can get in touch with the winners. Um, but it will be in-person bidding for in-person prize winning. 
And just in case uh, uh, our listeners aren't familiar with the, the landscape of Dragon Con, exactly where is the uh, the Silk Road track going to be at? What uh, Where is the location of that uh, particular track? We have been for the last three years and are currently scheduled to be in the Hilton Galleria 8. And if you're not very familiar with the Hilton, this is where gaming used to be. So you go all the way towards the back like you're going to the new bar that they've set up or the giant stairs where they do all of the group photos. Mm -hmm. And you'll come to a set of escalators. If you go down those escalators or the elevator that's right there between them, it takes you down one floor to the Galleria level. There you will find anime, animation, Star Trek, Brit Track, digital media, and finally, at the very end in the back corner, <laughs> next to the back door of Trader Vic's, the Silk Road track. <laughs> We're in Galleria 8. Awesome. Awesome. It's a trek to find me, but there's usually a lot of swag on the way because there are a lot of swagons who hang out at the Hilton. Yes. I've purchased uh, a few different uh, little trinkets on my way down there. Have you ever seen the Swagon Seat group? Uh, no. I don't think I have. It is Free swag. We hide things in bushes. I left a <laughs> pair of dragon earrings in a plant at the bottom of the escalator to the Galleria level in 2019. It found a very happy home. <laughs> nice. So lots of little things like that. I found soot sprites and plants. It was so cute. <laughs> so cute. Like when I say I've been doing Dragon Con for 17 years, I mean, I've been volunteering at Dragon Con for 17 years. And every year there's something new and amazing. Every year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can believe that. So, Beth, if uh, folks wanted to get a little bit more information about Silk Road and definitely about the silent auction, uh, where can they mm -hmm. where can they go to get more information about it? Leading up to the convention, we'll be posting work in progress videos to the Facebook group. It's Dragon Con Silk Road on Facebook. And there will be some links to things in the Twitter account. That's DC Silk Road Track all one word. You can also just search Dragon Con Silk Road because I put that in as the name. So that should pull up the Twitter account either way. Um, the guy who's painting the miniatures, his username on uh, Instagram and TikTok is at Jolly Good Giant, just like it sounds, all one word. And um, he'll be posting work in progress videos as well. His materials were supplied by Plaid Craft Company and um, World War Scenics. So he'll be linking their information into his videos along with the silent auction information. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Beth, thank you so much for coming on and talking about uh, what you have coming up, the events that, that you have coming up at Dragon Con. I'm a huge Dragon Con nerd. I don't uh, I try to go every year. I try to accomplish as much as I can. Uh, I usually don't get around to it, uh, but I'm very excited to have uh, someone who understands the insanity of Dragon Con besides me be on a, on a <laughs> podcast. So this is this has been a, a fun experience for me. Absolutely, I had fun. It was nice meeting you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm, I hope that I, I'm sure I'll run into you at Dragon Con if you. I'll be the old guy at the K-pop dance party. <laughs> you won't be the only one. Oh, I, I, I know, I know. I've, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it grow from you know a nice little fun discussion into a in like a little panel room into now mm -hmm. it's like a concert. It's like mm -hmm. screaming crowds yeah. and tons of people. So yeah, I've seen it grow. 
I don't know if you're interested in this at all, but uh, we will be having a baby metal panel for the first time ever at Dragon Con this year, too. Yes, I meant to bring that up. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, I'm very excited to to see what to see what's going to be discussed about baby metal. Um, anyone who's discovered, anyone who knows what baby metal is, uh, you can't help but love them. They're amazing. Yep, and if you don't know, just look up baby metal karate. Mm-hmm. It's all you need to know. <laughs> Hey, well, Beth, again, thank you very much for joining us here at Soul Wizard Podcast, and uh, good luck with the silent auction. Uh, I will definitely be keeping uh, an eye on it uh, while I'm there, while I'm down at Dragon Con. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. You too. And we are back. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Mark Ellis, uh, all the information there for us. Yeah. Yep. Uh, everything you need to know. Uh, like I said, if you're at Dragon Con, definitely, uh, definitely donate to the silent auction. Uh, you know, those Godzilla pop figures sound pretty cool. Uh, and the grand prize, you get to stop around big city. Uh, and if you happen to be at the K-pop show, uh, I will be there. I'll be the old man <laughs> with his, uh, uh, K-pop glow stick and, uh, just having a great time. So, uh, yeah, Dragon Con is, as of now, it's still happening, and uh, hopefully it'll be cool. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what else is going to be happening besides uh, the Godzilla stuff. Mark, you fit right in with all the hip young kids because <laughs> black don't crack. So. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have our review of The Suicide Squad. What Was That Like is a true story podcast like you've never heard before. These are clips from a few past episodes. There is a man standing in front of me in my bedroom. My friend has been shot. I'm in the literally inside the river, and I'm inside my car. He had told me multiple times that he was going to set himself on fire. If you say my name or try to look at me, I'm going to kill you. And he was just sobbing. He said, Mom, Mom, tell me you're going to be okay. And I jumped on the hood of the car, and I held on. And I looked into the garage, and he was hanging from the rafters. I had somebody standing on my neck. He's better to me dead. I want him dead. Real people in unreal situations. Find it on your favorite podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. And we are back. All right, guys. We all had a chance to see the newest movie from the DCEU directed by James Gunn, The Suicide Squad. Before we get started, we're going to do our non-spoiler impressions, and then we'll play a sound drop delineating spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, you can bounce. The rest of you can stick around and hear some more talk about the movie and what we thought. And Aubrey, what is The Suicide Squad about? Government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, and others, to the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. All right. So before I even get your impressions, Aubrey, do you see this in the movies or HBO Max? I saw it at the movies. All right. Markellis, what about you? Uh, Yep, I also saw it at the movie theaters. Hmm. Well, I saw it on HBO Max. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. I watched it on Thursday, like the night it um, came out was the day I was home off from both jobs from having the COVID shot. So I was just home and it premiered at 7 p.m. And and Janine was home and I was like, you want to watch this with me? And she's like, yeah, of course. So we watched it together. And and then I was done 
like watching what I had to watch for the podcast this week, like super early. So I like, I didn't even know what to do with myself this weekend. I wasn't like rushing to fit in some crazy <laughs> showing of a movie. It was great, but we got to tell you what we thought. Aubrey, what did you think of the suicide squad? I thought it was actually really good. And thank goodness for James Gunn because he did a really good job with this with him and Zack Snyder. The DCEU may reign again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mark Ellis Reagans, how about you? Yeah, it took a little bit of adjusting for me because James Gunn definitely wanted to make a movie that was full of originality. But uh, in the long run, I think he knocked it out of the park. I think it's a really solid movie. Huh. All right. Well, um, I'm kind of all over the place, man. I don't really know how I feel about Mm -hmm. this movie. I feel like. I was super hyped to watch it uh, based on James Gunn and the fact that the reviews were like through the roof, huge, like 90, I think it was 97% positive on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, A lot of people were friends with and our peers and friends that I like consider their opinions like they actually count, which is not many. Um, They all seem to love it. Uh, Paul from the countdown like loved it. Um, and I was looking at people's reviews on Letterbox that I'm friends with, and it just like everybody was all in. So I, I don't know, maybe my expectations were just too high mm-hmm. because I liked it. I don't want to say I loved it. Like I really liked it, <laughs> but it has some issues. But I didn't hate it. But I didn't like love it. Love it. So yeah. I, I I expected to have my face blown off when I watched it, and I don't know if that's my own fault for having high expectations like that. Especially with a DC movie, like I should have known better. I should have known. I should have saw those two fucking letters pop up on the screen and just knew to temper my fucking expectations way back. But I was just expecting it to be like just fucking like crazy, like getting a blowjob while eating fucking ice cream and I don't know, Star Wars music is playing in the background. <laughs> Like, it was good, but it wasn't like insanely good. So I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. But it sounds like at the very least, all three of us are giving you a thumbs up that you should go see it and check it out. Now, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to avoid spoilers, you got to go. But the rest of you can stick around and we're going to talk a little bit more about why we felt this way. So Markellis, drop that drop and let's spoil the Suicide Squad. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. <laughs> Oof, Perfect. that's an old spoiler. Perfect. It's good to have that one back. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with things we liked, like we always do. Um, Markellis, what are some things you liked about The Suicide Squad? Uh, I really thought it was funny. I thought John Cena was actually hilarious in it. I thought he did a really good job, and I thought uh, Margot Robbie did a really good job, too, um, and Andrew Selba. I wasn't sure like how his character was going to fit uh, within the story, because I, I swear to God, like that was supposed to have been Will Smith. Like I just feel like it, it should have been. Um, so I wasn't sure what they were going to do to make his character different and kind of fit in, but I thought his character was really good. There's one scene where he's uh, towards the end where he's like in a building, and he's falling like from floor to floor to floor. And when he finally gets to the bottom, he just does this cool like superhero pose. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> so I really appreciate James Gunn's directing. I thought his uh, his directing style was not like his usual stuff. He definitely poured a lot of originality into it. So I thought that was really cool. 
and yeah, I just like the uh, I like the kind of simplicity of it. I thought it was going to be really complicated. I thought he was going to throw like I thought James Gunn was going to throw like a lot of uh, twists and turns and bells and whistles, but he kept it pretty straightforward, uh, really basic. And um, oh, you know, what else was good it was freaking um, Joe Kinnaman. Uh, I thought I thought he was really good too. He had like a, a little bit more to do, and he actually stepped up to, to the plate. So yeah, I actually really enjoyed the entire experience, um, especially James Gunn's um, originality. Okay, uh, Aubrey, what about you? I really enjoyed the humor. I think that it it. I mean, there was pretty much something to laugh at at all times throughout this movie. It was really good. It was really well done. James Gunn did a really good job directing it. And I really like, again, how all of those people just die in the beginning. Uh, Nathan Fillion as TDK was really funny. Mm -hmm. His arms just pop off and then he goes and slaps a bunch of people. Javelin was really funny. Blackguard was funny. Uh, The (laughs) the freaking weasel was, (laughs) was funny. So like, I, I enjoy the the humor that James Gunn brought to it. it. It was actually funny, and it wasn't overly trying to be funny. So I did appreciate that. I appreciate that this is probably the first well-directed DC movie outside of Justice League, the Snyder Cup, and the first Wonder Woman. So I do appreciate that. It was a breath of fresh air. All right. Well, um... You know, I really liked the humor, much like you guys said. I appreciate that kind of goofy, just aesthetic to everything it, that it had. And it's very James Gunn-y, had that like almost trauma feel to it. I love the obscure characters I uh, used throughout the whole movie and probably going to age myself. But a million years ago, DC and Marvel used to put out like handbooks to the Marvel Universe or it. it in Marvel, it was the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. And in DC, it was called Who's Who. And it just was lit like like a, reading like a Wikipedia of the characters with uh, new art. And it was all obscure characters and weird shit. So like seeing some of those characters like actually in live action, the, those are all real characters. Like they're not made up for this movie. There really is Polka Dot Man. There really is. Uh, I forget. He's not. I forget what he's. He's not called TDK in the. Uh, in the comics. The detachable but, man or something. Yeah. He's like arm removal guy. or I forget what the official character's name is, but that's a real character. <laughs> like the, those were all real characters. So it was crazy seeing some of these absolutely ridiculously um, obscure characters live action on screen. I think it was great. Um, you're right, Marcellus. They uh, definitely fixed uh, Rick Flagg. Yeah. Uh, it just in time to kill him in this movie. What? <laughs> Um, I did like a lot of the characters dying, though. Um, I know a lot of people had said that looking at the poster. I mean, like, oh, well, most of these characters aren't going to make it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's the shtick of the book. Like, that's what it is. It's it's them assembling, you know, uh, Amanda Waller assembling these teams. And most of them don't make it out. <laughs> that's why they are always using weird, obscure, stupid villains that most people wouldn't use because they don't make it out of the fucking story. And that was something in the original comic, which is fucking masterpiece. If you ever want to read it, uh, that was great. I mean, they had their own little core group, which was like Deadshot and Captain Boomerang, Rick Flag. But there was always like different characters coming in and out. And a lot of them didn't make it all the way through. So 
I really did enjoy that. Uh, I always love seeing Michael Rooker. I love the fact that he's mm-hmm. in almost every one of James Gunn's movies. And uh, I, I just thought he was funny. Um, Margot Robbie is a fucking 11 out of 10 hot. <laughs> I could watch her walk in slow motion and eat an apple for two hours. <laughs> and it'd be a five out of five movie to me. I'm sorry. You're not feeling it, Aubrey? So overrated. And She's overrated. accent was different in this. It's hot. Cares overrated. What's overrated? She's hot. If. <laughs> the worst. And uh, yeah, I I I did like uh, Harley Quinn in this movie. I liked a lot of the action scenes. I liked when she uh, fought her way out of the palace, whatever that was. Um, I loved um, Ildris Alba in this, despite the fact that my wife thinks he's hot. Um, <laughs> John Cena was good in it too. Oh, John Cena was hysterical in this. I I do have to say, That's, I didn't expect it to be that good, but he yeah. he really knocked it out of the park in this movie because he's kind of sucked in past movies. Well, I mean, plus the last thing we saw him in was F nine, right? <laughs> Where was that John Cena? At? He, he was too busy shooting uh, grappling hooks and like <laughs> wild fucking Vin Diesel parkours across buildings alongside of him. Anyway, um. I loved that scene where him and um, El Zalba are like killing their way through the village, mm-hmm. but trying to one up each other with different ways of killing people. I thought that was fucking hilarious. I loved uh, Ratcatcher part two. Yep. <laughs> uh, she was a cutie too, actually. We we're talking about that. But yeah, I mean, I just, there was a lot to like here. There's a lot to like, but you know what? There has to be things we don't like. Uh, Martellus, what didn't you like about this movie? You know, it's not that I didn't like. It's just things that made me scratch my head a little bit. Like, so you have Amanda Amanda Waller, the wall, as she's called. And she, obviously, she's done this before. She's put teams together before and sent them out on these kind of suicide missions. In fact, she did it a whole movie ago, like five years ago. So I noticed what she does. But for some reason, the team that's working with her doesn't know how bad she is. But they've done it enough times that they can make they can place bets on who's going to win. Like, I don't understand how they were surprised that she would, you know, be as manipulative as she was to uh, Idris Elba's character. I mean, bring putting yeah. his daughter into prison. I'm like, how are they shocked by this? Like, how do you not know who Amanda Waller is, yet you spent enough time with her to place bets on the Suicide Squad missions? That makes no sense. Yeah, no, that that, that is a little weird. Because, you know, you would assume this wasn't the first mission for any of them, like yeah. you said. And, and now they're like, oh, wait, people are going to get killed. Like, that's literally what this is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, I kind of bumped up against that a little bit. And then the other thing is we they've pretty much established that this is a world where superheroes live. Idris Elba's character put a kryptonite bullet into Superman. That's an actual um, comic book story that was in his first appearance in Superman. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> So when a kaiju is ripping up a fucking town, <laughs> where are any other superheroes? Like, no one notices that this is happening. There isn't like a a watchtower that's looking down. You know, we don't get, okay, I can understand maybe not a Green Lantern or, you know, Hawkman or something, but we can't even get like the Flash to run through or or any superheroes. So that I'm like, all right, I, I understand this is a, the Suicide Squad movie, but. What about even if they just showed up late, you know, just something. I just I can't believe that the fate of the world or the fate of this town by this giant walking starfish was was saved by these criminals. And and the other thing is, I didn't quite understand how they were criminals like they had 
superhero outfits like Javelin and TDK. You know, they had suits with masks, but what did they do to get them into jail? That's what the part I didn't understand. And I know they're super villains. Are they? Yeah. That's yeah. why they're on the Suicide Squad. But are they villains? See, they didn't seem like villains to me. They didn't seem like, oh, we're like, except for Captain Boomerang. He just seemed like an asshole. But the other guys, they just seemed like they were trying to be heroes. They didn't seem like they were like really bad villains to me. But that's just me. I don't know how much time they would have spent establishing their characters if they're just going to kill them in the first five minutes anyway. <laughs> so I would have liked to have seen them a little bit, just gotten a little bit of who they were before they were locked up in that penitentiary. Just so I can know what they're capable of. Because otherwise they just look like B-level superheroes going on a mission. And they're not heroes, mm-hmm. they're villains. But I want to feel that they're villains, not that they're... Not they're just like outside regular. of Weasel, who we were told killed like thirty six children. <laughs> right, right. Aubrey, what did you not like about the movie? As much as I liked the the humor and the direction, I didn't like the the stupid like words that kept coming <laughs> up, like meanwhile and three hours later and and that back and forth. I didn't like that. Uh, I love that. I thought that was so cool. It felt kind of cheesy to me, I guess. Um, I didn't know if that was a direct dig at the first movie, because you remember the first movie that other company took over the editing and added in a bunch of weird like Snapchat fucking shit in it. Uh, see, I don't I try not to remember the first movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a dig at the first movie. I think it's kind of a, a not a dig, but just kind of you, there's so many comic book movies that all have to do the. You know, the big title card to let you know where they are. So you know, I'm sure he was sick of seeing it and just probably wanted to do something different. Um, but I also agree. There's like some some consistency issues. Like Harley Quinn can just walk down a hallway and everybody's shooting at her and not one bullet hits her. And not one bullet. They're shooting uh, machine rifles. Not one hit her. It's right. stupid. Did do you remember uh, Birds of Prey when she ran through the police station <laughs> and nobody shot her either? It's stupid. It makes me mad. There could have been something that addressed that if you're going to make it look that stupid. Um, and it kind of just makes me angry. Like, at least one should have hit her or something. Not everybody can be that bad of a shot. They got their job for a reason. So I didn't like that. I, of course, feel like Harley Quinn is an overhyped character, no. so seeing her continue to the end just makes me a little grumpy. Um, they just keep her to sell merchandise, but I'd rather see Ratcatcher merchandise. So I had a problem with that. I I didn't have too many problems. There was just, like, I, I feel like James Gunn took a big pile of shit and turned it into gold. So it was very hard to bring it up as good as he did he took he went from nothing to trying to fix it's it almost reminds me of trying to to fix all the gamestop stores i've been stuck in <laughs> that are just piles of crap and people literally piss on the floor <laughs> and trying to you know scrub it up put some makeup on it and make it look pretty like that's kind of what i feel like james gunn had to do so i respect him for that he had a big challenge ahead of him, but it still had remnants of trash that, uh, that was the first suicide squad It still left a sour taste in my mouth with how crappy DC has been. I still feel like there was that, 
touch of WB <laughs> editing on it, you know. You can't hold this movie responsible for other from the other ones that came before it. You can't I put that tried, on this one. But there's still like a part of my soul that feels burned by it. <laughs> I do feel like they they did turn it around with all of the gore in this movie though. That that was like uh reminiscent of their animation, the DC animation series. They are very the animation on HBO is ex- extremely gory. So they did a really good job with this movie continuing that. All right. All right, Joy, what about you? What did you not like about it? All right. So first off, unlike Aubrey, I really, really like Margot Robbie as Har- Harley Quinn. I think I've already established that. Um, her outfit in the first movie is the shorts that launched a thousand faps. Um, I just, I, I think she's hot in real life. I like her portrayal of the character. <sighs> if you cut her out of this movie, it does absolutely nothing to the plot of the movie. What? There's no nothing she does in this movie affects the overall plot in any way, shape, or form. Like you could have taken her out and put any other random character in there and and just had them hang out alongside the rest of the Suicide Squad, not even go on her side story where she um kills the prince or whoever that was. If you take that whole thing out and just put generic female action character number three six five walking alongside the rest of the Suicide Squad, nothing changes at all. Nothing changes. Okay. I love Margot Robbie. We got a cool action scene out of it. Nothing changes. Yeah, but that's fine. That's the that's the beauty of the story. It doesn't the the beauty of the movie. It doesn't change the story. It it's fun watching her. The audience loves seeing her. In that no, prince no, no, scene. No, 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 no. I, I love seeing her. I'm just saying, like, like they. I felt like she could have had something better to do. Like, played a bigger what part she, in the what she overall did, story. Yeah, I mean, what, what she did had nothing to. It, it didn't affect anything really. So, she kills that prince, and then the the guy from the um, strain is now the president or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like. How did that change anything if if she didn't kill the prince and that prince was the president in those scenes? Like, did that make any difference in the storyline at all? No, it doesn't change all the right, story. All right. But, all right. <laughs> but we want to we want to see Harley Quinn. OK, damn it. All right. I see your point now because Aubrey's right. Harley Quinn is kind of like a, a promotional tool. Oh, don't get me wrong. And, and working at job number two where I work, that's very hot and very topical. Mm. Let me tell you. <laughs> They better sign her up for the rest of her life. Her license, her likeness rights for the rest of her life and beyond need to be signed up by WB for how much people spend on that kind of stuff uh, featuring her. But yeah, I I just I wish she had something cooler to do. And I really wish this as much as I liked the action scene that she had. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I know Aubrey was mad. They didn't hit her, but whatever. Um, (laughs) It was fun. It was stylized, um, you know, with the fucking like birds and shit flying around like. I thought that was cool, but it goes to my second point. What I didn't like about the movie is as soon as they meet up with the rebels. So you have the, the first half of the movie is really, is really good. Um, they meet up that you have that scene where John Cena and, um, sorry, peacemaker and, uh, fuck what's Oh, just Alba's character. Yeah. I know it's not bloodshot. It's blood, blood sport, blood sport. There you go. But the two of them, like they, I, I already said, it was a great scene where they're one upping each other, killing people through the village. They meet the rebels, and then 
it felt like the movie hit a fucking wall for 45 minutes. <laughs> like, or maybe it's only a half an hour. I don't know. It felt long. Like that whole sequence from them launching a plan where they're going to go undercover in the bar and blah, 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 blah. And then we have a detour with Harley Quinn and this guy and like, oh my God, that was excruciating. I was, that's what really had me questioning. Like, am am I watching the same movie? Is this the movie that's like five out of five from so many people I know? Like, like it, it felt like it hit a brick wall for almost a half an hour to 40 minutes before we could finally get Starro on the screen and jump into the, like the actual cool part at the end. Um, it was rough. That was, I, I, maybe it's just me, but that was rough, like a long period of boring talking and the stuff that was cool, like Harley's action scene at the end of the day, it was just superfluous. You could have cut almost 20 to 30 minutes right out of this movie and it would have been a lot tighter and we didn't need all that shit. So, um, that was another thing I didn't like. I, I felt like they wasted, um, Peter Capaldi as the thinker didn't really do much. Um, he showed up, he had a couple funny lines and then he got killed, I guess, you know, but yeah, I mean, that was really about it. I just thought that that little middle stretch was pretty excruciating and I was just kind of annoyed with how wasted, um, Harley Quinn was in the movie. So she does look good eating apples in slow motion though. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm sure a lot of that stuff was done for, to build up character. You know, you get like the little Taika Waititi cameo which I thought the flashback with Ratcatcher's dad, I thought that was done really well on the bus. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I Um, didn't mind that. It was just some of the other stuff. Like, how long did they have to be in that bar? That bar sequence was long. There's a lot. It just felt like that whole section was just long. I don't know. I can't really describe it really well in words, which sucks because we're podcasting (laughs) and it's a medium where I'm supposed to be talking to you. Um, But it, it just, that middle part just felt like drawn out for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. You blame it on the uh, on a vaccine. That's right. That's right. It was Amazon nanobots had to fully take it over. Um, all right. Well, you know, I always have a few questions for you guys. So um, the first one is that when I was watching this movie, uh, it was pretty clear that if you took Ildris Alba out and put in Will Smith as Deadshot, the movie doesn't change one bit. <laughs> Do you think um, the movie would be better or worse with Will Smith than it, Aubrey? I think it would have been worse. <laughs> no big Willie style for you? It would have been Will Smith playing Will Smith, playing Will Smith, playing Will Smith. Oof. All right. Uh, Mark Ellis. All right. I just want to asterisk that I loved Idris Elba in this movie. I thought he was great, but I'm a continuity nut. So, yeah, I would have liked to have Will Smith back in it because, like you said, if you the story with him and his daughter, that could have been Deadshot's story. Like It, it would have fit perfectly. And I know they don't really, I know this isn't really like a sequel sequel to it, but you know, it is, it's basically a sequel to it. So uh, yeah, I would have liked Will Smith back in there. I would like Katana in there too while while I'm at it. I I heard she's got my back. (laughs) I was waiting for him to say that. (laughs) I know. I was hoping there was going to be some allusion to that, but I feel like he didn't want to be an asshole to David Ayer. You know what I mean? Like it's not really David Ayer's fault. Like, I mean, could we never, we've never seen the air cuts. The air cut could be horrendous too, but like technically it's not really his fault. So <laughs> why kick him while he's down? Um, yeah, I, I would have preferred, honestly, I would have preferred Will Smith to come back just for the same reason you said, Mark, I actually, I loved Ildris Alba in this movie. I thought he was great, but it would have been nice to have the continuity of Deadshot in there. So, all right. 
Next question. Uh, who was your favorite character in the movie, Mark Ellis? Uh, King Shark. He was awesome. I love when he's, he puts up his hand is like fake, fake mustache. <laughs> That's the worst fake mustache I've ever seen. I thought that was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I thought I didn't think I was going to like him. I actually love him. All right. Aubrey. Um, I really liked Peacemaker. I thought G- John Cena did an amazing job in this movie. It's probably the only movie I've ever seen him in where I thought that he was a good actor. Well, I mean, how many other movies have you seen him in? <laughs> he was in uh, Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> I must have missed that one. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> He's in uh, The Marine. <laughs> Only yeah. part one. Oh, that's right. The Marine part two has Ted DiBiase Jr. And then three, four, five, and maybe six. I don't know how many there are at this point or all have The Miz in them. Oh, so he came back? The Miz comes no. back for multiple ones? Yeah, he came back uh, for multiple sequels. Nice. Coming to a red box near you, The Marine <laughs> 12, right next to Chronicle 2. All right. Uh, my favorite character in the movie, if I had to pick one, um, would be a uh, rat catcher, too. <laughs> OK, I thought they were uh, awesome. I liked their story and uh, their flashback and everything about them. I, I thought they were great. I hope to see them again. I really thought John Cena was going to kill her. <laughs> I really did. Um, I also really liked Polka Dot Man. I got to be honest with you, even after I said in the beginning of this review that that's the whole point of these these stories with suicide squad is like everyone should be with the exception of clearly like harley quinn obviously but like everybody should be game and be able to be killed i was pretty pissed off when he died (laughs) yeah because i really liked that i really liked that character in the movie i thought he he was good and they did a good job of making you like oh this guy is ridiculous but this is great and then he gets fucking squished but (sighs) speaking of squishing uh starro the conqueror aubrey what'd you think of that as the final uh boss big monster at the end of the movie Kind of reminded me of Watchmen. It was funny. Made me laugh. Starro predates Watchmen in the comics. Starro is actually the first thing that Justice League ever fought. Yeah, but it's funny. I like it. I hope he comes back because it's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, he's dead, so. Well, you never know. One of his little hatchlings could have lived forever. That is true. He does come back in the comics. Uh, Markellis, what about you? Yeah, I wasn't really familiar with Starro other than the cover of that Justice League comic book. So, uh, yeah, seeing that on a big screen, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Now we've we've reached a new level of comic book movie storytelling when Starro is the villain of a movie. But again, that's kind of why I went to see a, a, a member of the Justice League kind of show up just to pay tribute to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I thought it was great. Um, I loved it. As a, I love Starro as a giant kaiju type monster smashing things, and they've got the little starfish they shoots out to take over people, like mm-hmm. 100% right. That's like right out of the fucking comics. So they did a great fucking job there. All right, let's do it. Let's get a score. Zero to five. Five being the best. Zero being the worst. What do you have for The Suicide Squad? Keeping in mind, Aubrey, that you gave the first movie a two and a half to three. Ugh. Gross. I went back and listened. <laughs> I I graded that way too easily. You always do. I I'm going to give it a four then. All right. Uh, Mark Ellis, I don't remember what you gave the first Suicide Squad, but I know you had one of the earliest reviews out there on the web when it came out. So. Yeah, and I was on that uh, that theater contact high. I, I, I remember I loved it. When I came out of theater, I'm like, that was fun. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I probably gave it I probably gave it like a 
three and a half or four probably. But this one, yeah, I watched it. I did see it in the theaters and, you know, I did kind of bump up against a little bit of it, kind of like what you were saying, Joy, the middle part kind of dragged a little bit. So I did wind up watching it again uh, on HBO Max and it, it is a solid movie, but it's so unique in comic book storytelling that you kind of have to adjust to the way that it's being told. Um, it's kind of like if Quentin Tarantino did a comic book movie. It, it reminded well, me of that. It, it certainly had a Quentin Tarantino feel at one point. You're talking about uh, Harley Quinn's feet? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Stop. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one. It, it's a pretty solid movie. I'm going to give it a four out of five also. All right. Um Man, I'm torn. I, on that same episode a million years ago, Aubrey gave Suicide Squad a two and a half out of five. I think I was just mostly bored by it. I may have given it extra points for Margot Robbie's shorts and that girl's eyebrows. But <laughs> I feel like I vaguely remember you giving points for the eyebrows. I, I, I really do like that girl's eyebrows. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, Man, like I like it. A lot, and I like the weird, crazy, just fucking insane things it does and tries, even if a lot of them fall on her face. <sighs> I'm going to give it a four out of five. Whoa. But, man, I really was expecting like a six out of five when I walked into this, and maybe that's just what's affecting my feeling on it. But I think it's the best uh, DCEU movie, hands down. I think... Um, Probably is held back a little bit by like what you said, Markels. I wish there was more connective tissue with some other DC stuff. I think not having recognizable stuff that you're tying back to other movies like this is a great franchise to also bring other things from other movies in. So if we had like a cool B level villain from Man of Steel or from Batman vs Superman or any of these other DCEU movies in theory that was like also on the Suicide Squad yeah. like that's that's great like that's what where this would shine yep uh, like kind of like what Marvel's doing God, I, I don't want to open a <laughs> open a forbidden door but like what Marvel's doing with Dark Avengers um you know they're assembling an, an Avengers team out of you know second level villains in the after credit scene like that's something we could have seen building up to this over time with a competent DCEU, but we don't get that. But I mean, I did really like the movie. I love the concept. Suicide Squad is one of my favorite comic books of all time. So to see it done pretty well on the screen, I'm going to give it a four out of five. That is way higher than I thought you were going to give it. So I'm impressed. All right. So normally this would be where we do recommendations for the last few weeks. I've been springing questions on you guys. Um, there's been a scuttlebutt about this movie's box office. And people saying that Joe Six Pack just didn't understand that it. Uh, I, I, this seems like the dumbest shit in the world to me. But people in the general public didn't understand this was a sequel, and they thought it was a re-release of the same movie because of the title is just The Suicide Squad. If you were going to retitle this movie, Aubrey, to clearly delineate that it's a sequel, what would you name this movie? Nom noms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you had one ready. All right. Uh, Marcellus, how about you? Uh, I did not have one ready. Um, I would say uh, Suicide Squad colon the the birth of Starro. <laughs> Dawn of Starfish. <laughs> there you go. Dawn of Starfish. <laughs> 
All right. Well, mine, um, actually, I, I didn't have one up until a few hours ago when I got into a thing on Twitter with someone in a nice way when they were talking about bad sequels and they mentioned Teen Wolf Part 2 and they used the number two. And I was like, excuse me, sir, <laughs> that's Teen Wolf T-O-O to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the tongue in cheek kind of feel for this movie and everything, I would have loved it to either be uh, Suicide Squad 2 T-O-O or... Suicide Squad 2, the number 2, colon, Electric Boogaloo? No. Because <laughs> either one of those would have fucking, like, kind of got across the goofy, like, silly vibe of the movie while also delineating it as a sequel, so. How about, uh, how about Suicide Squad? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Two Suicide, two Squad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well. That's it. That is our review of Suicide Squad. Uh, as always, I just want to shout out to everybody to go check out SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. There's links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's movie reviews. There's comic reviews. There's so much more at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. As Markella said earlier, check out our YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content on there. We're dropping terrific con coverage as we speak. Uh, our big cosplay video just went up. There's interviews with creatives and other stuff up there. It's all free at YouTube.com backslash so is your podcast. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. If you like what you hear, you want to give us some scratch you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash so is your podcast. Get extra exclusive episodes and content from the podcast this month. It's the only place to hear our review of Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, and more. And that is going to do it for episode number 366 of the So Is Your Podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo, my co-host, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. If the most worthless creature in the world can be useful... There's hope for us all. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. You know, I did appreciate Rat, Rat Catcher had a uh, K-pop light stick through the whole movie. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, everybody have a good week and Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week as we celebrate seven years of podcasting with no weeks off. Good journey. <laughs>